Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is great to be back with you. One of the things that we talk a lot about on Yom Kippur is the Kohen Gadol and his Seder, the order of his service. In fact, in the Musaf of Yom Kippur, we remark on his majestic appearance in Yom Kippur. We compare him to all sorts of things, a heavenly canopy, a lightning bolt, a rainbow in, in the cloud, a rose amidst a guard, and a morning star on the eastern border. And whatever the meaning of these comparisons, we actually have a historical record of this overwhelming vision. Towards the end of the Bias Shani, the Second Temple period, there was actually a delegate from the Roman Empire who was living in Jerusalem, and he wrote a letter home to his superiors in Rome about the high priest trying to make his way home after the conclusion of Yom Kippur. And he explained that once the Kohen Gadol emerged from the Kodesh Kedushim, from the Holy of Holies, Every Jew basically wanted to catch a glimpse and see the divine presence that was resting on his face. And throngs of people just filled the streets of the old city. Thousands of people came out and tried to kiss his hand. It took him hours to get home to see his family, who he hadn't seen for a while. And this delegate wrote that many a year the high priest couldn't get home even before midnight. And so even though everyone was still fasting, everyone just wanted to get a a glimpse of the Kohen Gadol after he reached this great pinnacle. The Kohen reached this incredible state where people wanted to behold his countenance. And it's, it's hard to think of a spiritual height that's similar in our history. In our own way today, we're sort of looking back and we're trying to recapture everything that we got on Yom Kippur. But how was it that the Kohen Gadol was able to achieve this? I mean, sometimes people think, that this great spiritual moment can come about in spontaneity. But this height of Yom Kippur, of course, happened on a set date of the calendar, the 10th of Tishrei. It happened at a set time. And it also happened after a rigorous Seder avoda, a rigorous set of actions that went minute by minute through the day. And I think we're all familiar with the term Seder from Pesach where we go through actually what's about 15 steps of the Pesach Seder, though there's a lot of other details in there. I remember just in my own uh, life on, on Pesach nights, getting to the end of the Seder and, and getting out of our chairs at the end, dancing as we sing, L'Shana Habab Yerushalayim. And it, it really is such a great height. On Yom Kippur, we also kind of achieve that height through all these, these detailed actions carefully planned out, be it the actions that we took in the days of the temple or in our own times. And we, we reach these pinnacles, and they don't come about just spontaneously, but they really come about from creating this great Seder, this ordered series of actions. It's almost like climbing a mountain. You, you get to the peak, and it's so thrilling, but it really happens after a lot of preparation. And so in today's Torah Journey podcast, I really want to explore this idea of Seder with you, especially as it relates not only to Yom Kippur, but also to our mental health and our resilience, especially in a time that we're we're going through. Now, coronavirus has impacted us in a lot of ways. 
one of the many impacts that it's had on us is, is a loss of Seder, I believe. People's daily Seder of waking up and, and going home and going to the workplace. It's just been interrupted. And I think one of the most important things that we have in our lives for our mental health is this idea of Seder. Just waking up and brushing your teeth, your self-care, your hygiene, reading the paper. It's just so critical to our health. And these days, the living room has become a college and a kindergarten and an office all at once. Kids can go to school in pajamas, and mommy or daddy shows up to a Zoom meeting wearing pajama bottoms. And I think that this speaks to a lack of, of Seder. And never mind the, the loss of spiritual Seder, whether it's people who used to go to Minion who are no longer going to Minion. Uh, one congregant was writing to me that she just had a hard time connecting to Rosh Hashanah this year because she didn't go through the, the usual ritual of going to Shul because she wasn't, she wasn't able to be there for health reasons. I'll tell you another thing that there was, there was actually a parent who was telling my wife that um, they brought their child back to school and they hadn't seen their child laugh in weeks before bringing them back to school because the child just hadn't, hadn't had any normal semblance of, of Seder in life. And so we come to Yom Kippur and we contemplate the liturgy. We get a view of the Kohen Gadol, and we see this vision of this person standing at this great height, and it comes from a lot of Seder. But what does the Kohen at that distant time away in history, what do they really have to teach us about our own ascent at a time when our mental health is challenged? What can we learn from Yom Kippur in these challenging times? Maybe part of it is that we just need to know that we are living in a challenged period and that we have to allow ourselves to accept that. But our Seders actually teach us that Seder has a power in our lives. And when life is appended, we have to create Seder. The Gemara in Sota comments that since the base of Mikdash was destroyed, each day was, each day's curse is worse than the previous day. How's that for a comment? If so, the Gemara asks, well, how does our world endure? And it endures, the Gemara says, upon the Seder of reciting Kaddish every day. And the Gemara goes on to quote a verse from Eo, from Job, a land of darkness like the gloom of death's shadow without Seder. The Gemara concludes, when there is no Seder, there is curse. And when there is Seder, Tophia Ophel, the world emerges from gloom into radiant light. And so when there's Tohu Vavo, when there's confusion, when there's void, Seder brings light into, into the world. The Gemara in Brachos also quotes a verse from Yeshayahu, which talks about a person who's walking in the darkness without illumination. And the Gemara says this is a person who leaves their Seder, who leaves their, their daily set routines in life. But if they keep their routines, their Seder, of going to Minyan, the Gemara says, they have illumination. And so the message is clear. The power that Seder has in our life is really a power to drive away darkness when we stay in our pajamas all day or when we lack the structure of our jobs, life can feel dark. And when we have Seder, be it the Seder of davening or Kaddish or being with a minion, we drive out the darkness so that God's light can really shine upon us. I mean, think about how Jews have kept Seder in unimaginable times. I think about Jews who, who celebrated Seder during times of Inquisition or the story of the Klausenberger Rebbe who fulfilled the laws in Attila Sedaim, collecting drips of water in a concentration camp. And all of us on our own level can have Seder even in hard times. 
It's, it shows us how important it is for us to maintain halacha. Seder is so central in Yom Kippur, and late in the uh, Yom Kippur Musaf, the Machzor presents us with the Seder Ha'avoda, and it talks about how the world was created. I'm going to read to you from the Machzor in English. The Machzor says, God, you established the universe in the start. You founded the habitable world and created everything. When you perceived that the world was astonishingly empty, with darkness upon the surface of the deep, you exiled darkness and set up light. You fashioned a clod of earth in your form and instructed him regarding the tree of knowledge. So the first emergence of light we see from here is, is the formation of man from a clod of earth. But then with the advent of Avraham and the Jewish people, there's, there's more light. The, Gemara, the, the Avoda says in, in the Maksar, a unique individual father of a, of a multitude suddenly, like a star from Orkazdim, shone forth to give light and darkness. And from there, the, the, the Seder HaVoda, the Machsor, goes on to describe how Avram had his children and Yaakov and ultimately the, the Levium and the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol. And that's where we got to the, 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 the service on, on the day of Yom Kippur. And so while the world really began in a state of void and confusion, darkness was expelled as Seder was introduced in the world. And in a sense, the ultimate Seder is what happened on Yom Kippur. Where did it all begin? Well, after Rosh Hashanah, the, the Kohen Gadol would actually go into a seven-day period of separation. He practiced the Avoda for seven days before Yom Kippur. The night before Yom Kippur, he stayed up the whole night. The next morning, before the crowing of the, of the roosters, the temple courtyard would be filled with people ready to watch him for 12 consecutive hours. And, and on the day of Yom Kippur, he would offer 15 sacrifices aside from the scapegoat and the reading of the Torah. He changed his clothing five times in Yom Kippur, immersing himself each time in a mikvah. He would wear his normal Kohen Gadol garments for the service outside of the Kodesh Kedushim Holy of Holies. And then he would wear special white clothing that he wore at no other time to enter the Kodesh Kedushim, the Holy of Holies. And he recited confession three times. In the course of the day, he would pronounce the ineffable name Hashem ten times. And each time the people would respond, prostrating and reciting, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuso. And he entered the, the Kodesh HaKadoshim four times. And, of course, also in advance of Yom Kippur, the Beis HaMikdash treasurers would purchase two goats that were identical in height and appearance and value. And one of these goats was a Yom Kippur korban offering offered in the Beis HaMikdash. And the other goat was sent off to Azazel, was thrown off basically a desert cliff. These are just several thousands of details in, in this whole complex day that led to this pinnacle of the Kohen Gadol coming out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. Well, the Kohen Gadol is distant in our past. We can only try to imagine what would it be like to see him emerge from the Kodesh HaKadoshim after 12 hours straight of Avoda. But... Are we really so distant? I mean, the Torah tells us, actually, that we are a nation of priests. We are a, 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 a nation that is all Kohanim. And in these days and weeks leading up to Yom Kippur, we also perform the high holiday of Odin, in a sense. We build with, with, with steps and preparation. Yom Kippur alone is a series of actions and ordered steps, from the slichos that we do beforehand and the davening and asking people for forgiveness in the day before Yom Kippur, 
eating and drinking on the day before. And then we get to just the, the formidable Yom Kippur liturgy or davening, which includes Vidui on Erev Yom Kippur, Kol Nidre, Five Amidas, Musaf, the longest mincha of the year, Sefer Yon and Ne'ila. I mean, the day of Yom Kippur is literally astonishing in how vast its liturgy is. And I think that the underlying message of Yom Kippur is that great spiritual heights come through careful planning and steps. I mean, I think about our own community here in Portland when we're in the throes of an excited Ne'ila as the sun sets and you can see it through the window. And it's just so thrilling, but it comes after so much planning. I don't know what your greatest height is. I mean, for me, I think that being with the family and the sukkah is, is such a great height, but it, it, it comes from so much preparation of cooking the meals and getting the family together to build the sukkah. And I think that these spiritual heights really are very important for our mental health. Spiritual moments help us to reset from the physical challenges that beset us and the challenges that are besetting us in our times. And when we have a, a seder that we build that, that leads to spiritual experiences, that can really help us become healthy and resilient people. Yom Kippur is really a day of detailed Seder, but it's also a time of introspection. And it's really important that we embrace this time for what it is and we try to carry this day forward. What can we take from Yom Kippur that will infuse our year with health and resilience? The Yamim Narayim are really a time that we, we just think about the overall direction of our lives. And I think one thing we can do is think about this. What are Siddharim? What are set things in your life that support the direction of your life? Um, I know that for me, having the Seder of learning Nach Yomi, a chapter of Nach every day, has been a really great Seder for me. You know, it's not always easy to start late at night going through complex verses in Jeremiah. Maybe I should do it in the morning. But having this sort of Seder has really created this moment in the day where the light of Tanakh just kind of shines in, it seeps in, and I'm, I'm, able, to, I'm able to see things differently. And, and when things feel a little bit dark, the verses bring their light. And so here's what I recommend. I think we can all take the time to think about our overall direction in life and then think, how has our Seder been impacted by coronavirus And what are just two or three things that we can do to add or strengthen ourselves a little bit more Seder that will bring in more light? And I want to give you a few things to consider. One is what kind of daily Seder can you establish in learning Torah that will help you connect with the spirituality of Torah? Can you establish a Seder with your loved ones, perhaps on a a weekly basis with your spouse or your child? Another area is just learning halacha. I mean, the first section of Shulchan Aruch is literally called Orachayim, the path of life. What could be more of a seder than knowing Orachayim, knowing the, the, the laws of, 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 of how to just conduct ourselves and to live by that? Or we could look at something more specific like our Shabbos table. Do we have the seder that we need with, with Zmiros and words of Torah? Or we should just examine just kind of how we live, the Seder of our sleep and our exercise, hygiene, self-care. We need to make sure that we're supporting ourselves. I think that even downtime, even a vacation is is kind of like a Seder. I mean, I I have a Seder I know at night of just reading some books I enjoy, some history before going to sleep, 
or a Seder every year of just taking a few days off after the high holidays. We have to have the Seder of self-care because otherwise we just can't meet the challenges of this time. Don't overdo it. Just find a couple of things that you need to do that can sustain you. I'll I'll close with a a personal story. Over the past five years, I've made one of my Seders has been jogging. (laughs) I was very proud of myself a year ago when I actually went jogging on Erev Rosh Hashanah. And then this year, as the high holidays were approaching, I, I fell out of my exercise Seder, especially with all the smoke here in Portland. And then I was so thrilled that the smoke cleared and I was able to just grab an hour and go for a run here in Gabriel Park. It was a lifeline. And this is really how we build Seder. How it, Seder informs so much of what we do, how we wake up in the morning, how we keep halacha, we, the way we daven, the cycle of Shabbat and weekdays, the cycle of the whole year, and really leaning into this time and embracing the Seder of the high holidays All of this Seder, be it spiritual Seder of learning Torah or physical things like self-care, it's all a lifeline for our long-term mental and physical health. And so all of us have a next step. You too can build a healthy, sustainable sustainable Seder in life that meets the reality of who you are and where you are. And so as you build and maintain healthy Seder, May all of us emerge from gloom and darkness, and may we reach new pinnacles of radiant light.